Is it only you I'm thinking of? My shadows dancing without you for the first time. My heart is open. You walk right in tonight. Tell me I'm gonna have to say, probably my personal favorite One Directioner. I mean, I really like Harry Styles, like from a star point of view mm-hmm. but just from like a music standpoint there's probably more Niall Horan songs that I like than Harry Styles he's very talented eh he was a really nice guy too when we he met was. him he was so nice you know all he wants to do is just like hang out with his buddies at the bar and like go to the pub he and, can't do uh, that and it's really hard for him to do because yeah. people just like freak out I remember uh, just recently I was talking about that Harry Styles show we went and saw Mm -hmm. at uh, Massey Hall. Mm -hmm. And um, the person (laughs) I was talking to, they were like, oh, that must have been so great. And I was like, no, it was was super annoying. And it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault at all. He was promoting his first solo album. He was doing a little test tour, like Mm -hmm. a little kind of theater tour. Mm -hmm. The album had been out for maybe like a week if even that long mm-hmm. and despite the fact that it was a brand new album with all new songs and a new sound and a new sound for him his fans from one direction that showed up to that show knew the words to every single song every single song <laughs> so there we were we're watching the show and you couldn't hear a thing other than the crowd yelling the words to every single song he sang from front to back it wasn't like choruses no, or whatever it was a nightmare. and then it was like insane screaming oh my god i thought, in between. My, thought my ears were gonna bleed bundus it's just like you know you're in this boy band and then you branch off to do your own music and you you do a show at Massey Hall, and I think he Harry was honestly pitching the show to people like Tucker and I. We liked the album, the new album. We were like, ah, this sounds really cool. Like, put it this way: if you were uh, a fan of One Direction, but you had never actually, well, let's just say this: if you had never heard of One Direction mm-hmm. and you listened to the Harry Styles album, there's no way you would be such a fan of Harry Styles and One Direction. You right. know what I mean? Like they yes. were. It was a full 180. Yeah. But it didn't matter because it was Harry Styles from One Direction. They were going to like anything he did. He could have put out the biggest piece of shit album <laughs> and they would have loved every single song because yeah. their commitment was like just unwavering. Mm-hmm. They loved him no matter what he was going to do. It made us wonder in that moment, like, is that annoying for a musician to have your audience sing every single word of every single song yes it is for sure it is and that's why we asked niall when he came into the studio for an interview like because the same thing happens at his shows okay yeah he he said that like you know he was careful about it to not upset his fans but he did say that it is kind of nice playing new songs because you don't have to worry about that as much (laughs) people can just sit back and enjoy them Mm -hmm. uh justin bieber i saw him at scotiabank arena And he was getting mad at the fans for screaming so much. He just wanted to sing his songs. You know, it's fine in between the songs to have the applause and everything, but he just wanted to be heard. Mm -hmm. And and then he'd start talking to the crowd and they were screaming and then he couldn't hear himself. And then he's like, calm down. down." (laughs) Now, this was also a probably this was a tour that he ended up canceling because he just reached a point where uh, he had like a. I don't know if what you would call it, but uh, not a meltdown, 
but he just he burnt needed, out. He needed to take a break. He needed to Did take a break. Did you ever experience that? You know, obviously not to that level, but like fans, <laughs> no fans who won't shut the hell up and let you do, let you perform? Yeah, not to obviously to that extent, but uh, I did have a few shows where there were some really, really loud girls screaming and singing along to all of our songs right at the front of the stage. Uh, we always loved when the crowd would sing along. Like We had this one particular song that we would always uh, close the shows with, and there was this long intro that we kind of designed where we would teach the crowd like how to sing along to the song oh gotcha and it was always great when it got to that part because like the whole place would sing along with you but it was like it was specifically designed to be that yeah whereas if you're trying to play your song or every song in the set and you can't hear your own self you can't hear yourself in the monitors in the ear yeah that becomes annoying because then you don't know what you sound like and then you start second guessing yourself and you're not enjoying Mm. what you're doing on the stage because you think you sound like shit yeah. And the Why moment that I... happens, you get thrown off your vibe so quickly. Well, you know what else can be a real vibe crush is when you're in the crowd just watching your favorite band and there's a super fan right behind you doing that screaming. Oh my God. Which was the case at the Harry Styles show, except it was every it was single everybody. seat except for Tucker and I. Well, yeah. I remember immediately looking at you and we were like, what did, what did we think was going to happen? I mean, obviously this yeah. is going to happen. We were like, we're idiots. We're idiots. We were dumb. <laughs> Yeah. And those tickets weren't cheap. Like, we did it as part of a radio, radio promo, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure our boss at the time paid, like, 1200 bucks a ticket. Yeah, it was insane. To send us and the winners and the to winners, that show. Yeah. And do you remember what happened? Did we talk about this on, the, on a podcast before? What? Oh, the people who won? Didn't, didn't even know that they were entered into the contest because the girl's aunt... Yes. had entered her name because she had already won a prize recently and she couldn't wins. win again within yeah. 30 days. Yeah. So she just, when we caught, this was like a contest for fans, we thought. Yes. That we were going to give somebody the chance to see Harry Styles, Massey Hall. If you're a One Directioner, you'd freak out. We called this girl. She was sleeping. We told her <laughs> she won this exclusive invite to this show. Mm-hmm. She had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> Literally, like we thought, oh, she was kind of out of it and kind of weird, but we chalked it up to her having been asleep. Yeah. And then when we met her before we went to the show, she's like, yeah, my aunt actually entered my name. I had no idea. She didn't even really know who Harry Styles was. Yeah, she didn't know. They, she, her and the guy she brought. Didn't care. Didn't care. They were the only two that were sitting down at Massey Hall Mm -hmm. for a good part of that concert. It's funny, too, because part of that giveaway included that you got to come to the station and we had dinner at the station and you got a tour of the radio station. They also... Didn't, didn't listen give a single fuck to the about radio station. <laughs> they weren't even fans of the radio station. Yeah. They didn't win. They weren't fans. I don't even know if they listened to our show. Her aunt was one of those people that will call every radio yeah. station to win every prize, and she must win a lot. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so she she brought some guy who wasn't even like her boyfriend. It was a really weird scenario. I mean, they were nice enough. They were really nice, but it wasn't what you would expect for a, a promo of that nature. And you think about it. So if each ticket was like twelve hundred bucks, how know, much that costs the radio station? It was yeah, twenty, almost twenty five hundred dollars to send two people who couldn't give a single fuck about <laughs> Harry Styles to a Harry Styles concert. <laughs> you know, it would be like if you gave away a trip to London, England, to go see that one Led Zeppelin show they did at the O2 Arena, and the person you sent hadn't even heard of Led Zeppelin. You'd be like, "What well, are you those doing?" Those are the people who win those contests, though. Often, sometimes, oftentimes, it's not the person who who they almost. We we need to redo how we do contests because some people just get good at getting through on the phones. 
I remember when that O2 concert happened, I went with the radio station. Oh, you did? You, you went to did? that? Yeah, the radio station I was working with uh, at the time, we broadcasted live from the oh, Hard Rock. Uh, smart. Did you get into the show? I didn't get into the oh, show. Oh, okay. The other guys that I was working with did, and they brought listeners who were super into it, which was awesome. That they, yeah. were, they were really into to, into that, and they said it was great. And I was the only fucking loser that had to stay behind at the hotel. At the hotel. Oh, well, and you could, it's not like you could watch it on TV either. No, <laughs> I'm sure you had fun at the hotel, Bundes. Uh, I, I actually I gallivanted around London yeah. and I enjoyed myself, but it was just like really, I'm like six other people are going to this show, <laughs> yeah, and I'm the only one, yeah. You know, kind Suck. But at least Ze- I got to go to London for free. Yeah, are you cool. a Zeppelin fan? Yeah. How could you not be a uh, Zeppelin well, fan? I, some people don't really like care either way. I mean, I would put them as like one of my maybe my top band of all time. For uh, I, it's tough to say, but they're pro- pretty epic. They're pretty epic. The songs that I top. like tend not to be radio hits, but mm-hmm. I I love them. That I would put them as a band where if they could get their shit together and get back together. I'd pay a lot of money to see them live. Like, yeah. there's not a lot of people I would spend five, six, seven hundred dollars on a ticket, mm. but I would pay it for uh, to see them. I once. did it once, and I was only, and it was for the Rolling Stones. I spent fifteen hundred on a pair of tickets. Oh, fifteen hundred! But then, how did you afford the cocaine at the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a it was a fucking expensive weekend. Guys. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. She's so, joking. She's joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Where were they? playing that the tickets were that expensive it was the air canada center oh man see the stones for me is that is like my favorite rock and roll band they, they're a little bit higher than zeppelin although i do love zeppelin uh the stones for me just have that like that 1500 though what were what were the seats i was like right in front of the stage okay oh, wow yeah so that's neat it was that's pretty cool like out of all of the bands i've seen i've met a lot of cool people and different people that come into radio stations scene shows there's something about the Stones, even at the age that they are, they mm-hmm. exude rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was next level seeing those guys that close. And when you think about bands um, that have that sort of history in music, there aren't many of them around today that you can still see live with mostly the original lineup. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's hardly any. It'd be like if you could still see the Beatles live. You know? Yeah, that's exactly. Other than what Paul like. McCartney solo or. You know, Ringo Starr solo. They're the only two members left. Mm. I mean, you still got Keith Richards. You still got Mick Jagger. Yeah. You still got Charlie on the kit. Charlie, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 1500 bucks. That's a lot of money, though. I wonder if the Rolling Stones were like, God, I wish that guy in the front row would stop singing every word of the song so I could hear myself. (laughs) (laughs) So annoying. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't even think Keith was there, man. He, he, like, he's, he's so screwed up. Like, the amount of drugs that guy's done, like, it didn't even look like he was playing, like, he was playing the guitar. (laughs) Really? He was just doing like this and throwing his arms out, and then he would do one of these and he'd throw his arms out. He's like, is this guy playing or is there a back? track oh interesting it was was awesome yeah keith richards is such a legend we used to work a guy with a guy in montreal who at one point i think he was a part of the staff of the rolling stones okay remember skip oh of course yeah um and uh and he became friends with uh with the band and he would he would have like keith richards up to a cottage up north really was, yeah, this, uh, was this the guy that arranged the Elma Combo show? Because I think I've heard stories about this guy. I don't know. I don't know about that. I just remember he was a guy who worked in Montreal with us, and he was super connected with a lot of these uh, rock and roll bands. And uh, he told this story of, like, he'd be up north, 
And Skip was a legend in his own right. So he'd be like in a grocery store up there with Keith Richards and everyone would be like, hey, it's Skip. Hey, it's Skip. <laughs> you know, they had no fucking clue who Keith Richards was you know, in that moment. But yeah. I borrowed Skip's uh, scuba diving gear. Did you? <laughs> yeah. For what? I was auditioning for um, uh, something and I needed to uh, borrow some scuba gear and he let me borrow it all. And I literally put it on and swam in a, fa- a city fountain. With it on, and I wondered after if that would totally ruin scuba gear. No, oh, okay. salt water would have a worse effect than oh. just like fresh water. Oh, okay. Chlorine could be bad, but there's probably no chlorine in that fountain. Lovely guy. Yeah, he also was the guy when I got fired in Montreal. Yeah. Um, the boss at the time, um, yeah, they were in the same hallway. Yelled down to Skip to call me to get my ski suit back because we had just been issued these. Uh, <laughs> These expensive, like, snowboarding, skiing outfits. Because there was a ski team. There was a ski team. On like, the, the show the radio Powder station. Yeah. And so I got my latest edition of the Powderhound out- outfit. <laughs> and from what, what I've been told, Skip said, if you want the ski jacket back, you call him yourself. Nice. Because he was sort of like uh, an old guy who didn't give a fuck about anybody and uh, or yeah. the boss. Like, you know, he did good work and... He had my back in that situation, or at least he didn't want to so have to do So you got the jacket? His, so I kept it, Why yeah. do you want to keep it? It probably says the radio station that fired you on it. It did. I gave it to my brother to wear for a bit. Oh, nice. Then, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just kept it because it was a warm jacket. <laughs> yeah, right. A free ski jacket. I still wear the ski pads to this day. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah, wow. They held up well. Thank you, good Skip. Thanks, Skip, <laughs> for not making that call to take him away from me. <laughs> You know, I'm still shocked that Bundes doesn't think that they could uh, reboot The Sopranos. Like you're so you're so far you think that off show's on that. Done? They're, you're so wrong about that. I'm not saying that they obviously could reboot it. There's definitely different storylines that they could pick up. I just think that you have such a great show with such iconic characters that sometimes you got to die the hero instead of living long enough to become the villain. Like, why do you want to resurrect something that doesn't need to be resurrected? Because that's what they do now. I'm not saying it's right, but that's what they do. I mean, we were talking about Sex in the City. Sex in the City's coming yes. back. It's not going to be called Sex in the City. It's got a different name. It's going to be called And Just Like That. Oh, really? Yeah. But they're going to be the same characters? Uh, yeah. Um, and just I'm like trying that? to remember. It's been so long since I watched that series, but I guessed, I guess at some point, and just like that was sort of uh, a line in there. I can hear Carrie Bradshaw and just like it. that, and just like, like that, that. Yeah. I became Mrs. Big. That's probably what it was. Something like that. So it's going to be, you know, uh, everyone from Sex in the City. Well, the four women except Kim Cattrall. So three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you got your Sarah Jessica Parker. You got uh, the other two. Charlotte and <laughs> Meredith. Yeah. Awesome. What are their actors' I names? forget. I forget. I'm looking forward to the fashion, though. Like, the fashion on that show. Was... Did you say Meredith? It's Miranda. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Some, something with an M. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that show again. And there's just the frank talk about sex and everything, all the moves, everything. Nothing was off the table. I remember one episode where they were talking about a guy who, who was it? I think it was Miranda who was in this running group and yeah. she met this guy in the running group. And then they would go back to her place after and have sex, like sweaty, like no showers or anything. And he used to like uh, butt play. On her, he would go 
deep, go digging. He would go down. Go mining. First and uh, explore. And she was like, I can't. I'm having trouble, <laughs> like, letting go and letting him pleasure me in that way. Especially after a run when we're all sweaty. Which, when you imagine the era of that TV show was unheard of. Unheard of. To have a group of women having these discussions so openly about sex. I mean, you think about, that was the 90s, right? Yeah. So for them to be so open, it was a revolutionary show and very well written. And I know when I started watching it, people would make fun of me. Why? Like, oh, Oh, that's a chick show. Yeah, it was a chick show. And I will admit the last season I didn't love, but the first you know, all the seasons leading up to the last one were so well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, to not like it, I I would uh, question how you could not like it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it would give you a lot of insider information about, like, what's going on with women. The movies got... I, I, I'm trying to think if I saw both of them. There were two movies that followed the series, and yeah. I think they almost became parodies of the TV show. You had to like, really like the show uh, to get into the movie. You had to be kind of in love with the characters because I remember seeing the movie before I watched the show. I saw the Sex and the City mm. movie and I was kind of like, what's all the Meh. hype about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then after I watched the entire series, I went back and watched the movie and I'm like, I enjoyed it so much more as a fan of the show. It was a very empowering show. Mm. Another show that comes to mind is um, the Lena Dunham one. Girls. Oh, girls. Like that was another oh show that had that kind of vibe also set in New York City. And both those shows, like they just at times portray New York City to be such a charming, cool place. Totally. You know, like some of those streets where they would shoot those scenes with oh. the trees hanging over. And I mean, yeah. every city, you know, has an area that's charming like that. But the way they portray New York City, it just makes you want to go for a walk on a warm night at 11 p.m. with like someone you're dating. Yeah, I wish I had done like a semester or something there. I have some friends who ended up moving there and getting settled. And from what I hear, it is an amazing city. But it's just like the place you choose to live is going to be a shithole. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, And you're living there not by yourself. Like that's not even possible. You have to have a roommate. You have to. My sister moved there with her husband before they had kids. His Mm -hmm. job brought him there. They rented a two-bedroom apartment near Times Square. Okay. Because they wanted, they're like, when are we ever going to live in Manhattan, right? Like, when they have kids, they're going to have to move out, probably, to get sure. a house. I'm pretty sure their rent was over, it was like maybe 6500 US a month. Oh, my God. Like, I just remember thinking, you know, that was <laughs> almost $80,000 American after-tax dollars. Oh, my God. Like, it's crazy. I, and it wasn't a big place. It was just like a decent two-bedroom condo that yeah. they rented in a tower. Like, could you imagine having to blow through eighty grand a year on rent to live in that city? Imagine what the friends... I know they keep joking in the, in the but series. But for them to all have their own bedroom and then a big living room and a big oh, kitchen. Yeah. My friend lives with three people in New York, and it's a bachelor pad, guys. And they got a bed slid into a walk-in closet, you know... That, that's where your privacy is. Yeah. And, and you know, on Friends, they say it was rent controlled and it was like a place that was handed down from, I think, her grandmother. And that's how they, they kind of made it a reason how they could have afforded to live in a place uh, like that. But all their apartments were pretty great. I mean, Ross's place, how much would that cost when he moved out across oh, uh, the street? Oh, forget about it. Street? Yeah. Seinfeld? 
think about Seinfeld's apartment in Kramer. You think Kramer had a job that he held down for long enough to afford that apartment? He was on strike <laughs> from the bagel he carrying, shop. He was carrying around a briefcase filled with crackers. Yeah, so getting back to it, though, like, I think they could, if they're going to reboot shows, which is seems to be all they're doing these days. Yeah. They could easily reboot The Sopranos and make it interesting if they had the right people on board. The right cast, the right writers. And and keep some of the original characters in terms of like, uh, maybe not the people themselves that played the characters, but, you know, make it about Tony Soprano's kid. Make it another chapter. uh, Yeah, like he's now head of the Soprano crime family. I'm just trying to think, like, is there a show that they rebooted that you guys like really like? Because I'm trying to think of one and nothing's coming to mind. Hmm. Mm, that's a really good question. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what about movies? What about um, let's Robo- see, Robocop? I'm sure there's. <laughs> what a great reboot to be a part of. Like, you know, I would have taken a part in anything. Thank God it was like a cool reboot movie. Like yeah. it could have been a like. Too what? bad it wasn't like an epic movie that people loved, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to like put it down. It's but, an I all mean, right you're, movie. you're the first to admit that like the Rotten Tomato score is kind of it's forty nine. Last I checked, yeah. Yeah, so it's just a movie that if it's on, people sometimes watch it. Sometimes people turn it well, off. It's like- too bad it wasn't like. What would be an example? Like Pulp Fiction or you know what I mean? Like oh, some, like a timeless classic. A timeless classic that people still go and watch time after time. It dazed and confused. One of my favorite movies of all oh, time. Yeah. Like the a one, Top Gun, perhaps. Top Gun. Yeah. Well, the thing you have to understand, guys, is on set, the thought was that it was going to be one of those movies. Because when you look at the cast, it was just... It's epic. It's a huge, amazing cast. I mean, George so, Clooney said the other day in an interview, and he's not the first to say it, nobody sets out to make a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, nobody puts all that money and time. I know. Because it's years in the making a movie, from script writing to planning to casting to shooting mm-hmm. to editing. Mm-hmm. Nobody sets out to make a bad movie. I know. It's funny that it happens. And, and sometimes you don't even realize. I'm sure a lot of actors who are like a Tom Hanks would probably be like, yeah, this is not feeling right. Like he'd have a pretty good vibe. On set, it was green. The second one was green lit. Like, like RoboCop the, 2. RoboCop 2. They were like, yes, it's happening. So, I, I, yeah, it's funny to me that something can feel so right and then it's such a flop. Yeah. What did you ever see um, RoboCop in his outfit, like the metal? Would he? Uh, wa- would he be walking around? Of you? Of course. Did it look awkward for him to walk I touched around? Touched it. In? Did you? Was <laughs> yeah. it plastic or is it metal? Oh no, it was metal. And the people who did, like, they brought in the best special effects teams for that. It was the same people who did Kill Bill. The costume people who were doing that were like the same people who did other epic, you know, Tarantino movies. They brought in the best of the best. The stunt people were the best, you know? Yeah. You just, it just does, sometimes it just, I don't know what happens. Is it in the editing room? It certainly wasn't based on my performance. <laughs> I don't know what happens. Well, no, you, uh, I don't know how it goes astray, you know? Story, right? I guess it's the just story. doesn't edit the way. Story and editing, yeah, for sure. The best reboots. Uh, I'm going to say uh, reboot TV shows. Let me see. There's got to be good ones. I can't think of a TV show other than Saved by the Bell, but I haven't watched it. Uh, Yeah, you know, the problem is, is TV's changed a lot, too. But, like, you have a new version of Magnum P.I. 
Okay, are we? What about Hawaii Five? Hawaii Five O. Oh, you know, for, guys, let's yeah, not but, knock out TV here. No, but that's that's like network TV that seems to do well in their time spot. So. Mm-hmm. They do okay. It's just not, you know, we, I think a lot of us have become grown accustomed to having high quality television mm-hmm. that we stream in, you know, 10 episode seasons, whereas network shows tend to be 22, 24 episodes. They got to stretch that shit out. They got to like make it sort of easy to follow so you can just tune into an episode during the week and you're not really going to be lost on some major storyline because you missed the last week's episode. I got into Law & Order because of that, because it's a formula that makes sense Perfect to me. Perfect example. Okay. So Law & Order, Yeah. how many spinoffs did they have from that? Love that ended up the being spin-offs. good. CSI had a whole bunch. <laughs> uh-huh. Like You can take a good idea and you can spin it off into something else. So they could do that with The Sopranos. I'm not saying that they can't. I'm just saying that I don't when you when you're talking about shows like Sopranos or even Sex in the City, I think Sex in the City is so um iconic or definitive of the time that it was out that and I don't know that if it comes out again today with the same characters and the same actresses that it it will impact you the same way that it did when you originally shot when you originally saw it. Well, no, cuz it was the first real amazing scripted television show. That was, you know, of that of that kind. And mm, now that's the norm, a drama. right? Yeah. You know, to have that kind of quality television. That changed the way that uh that television I mean, it changed TV. It did forever change. because yes. there was a time where if you were a movie actor, you would never consider being in a, on a TV show because if you <laughs> did that, that'd be the end of your movie career. Yeah. And if you were a popular TV actor, it was very rare that you would get into a good movie mm-hmm. until like Sopranos and uh, you could say like ER and shows like that mm-hmm. that really started building like a massive following. So a George Clooney could go on to do movies and James Gandolfini would go on to do movies. Yeah. After that. That's why I don't do television, because I've been in the movies, so I can't go back. Yeah, can't well, go back. No, you can. <laughs> I'm in kidding. fact, I would argue that uh, TV series are more, uh, not necessarily lucrative, more interesting for actors to be a part of. Yeah. Because they run for so long, and then you get multiple seasons, so. Yeah. You know, 10 episodes times five, six, seven. I can't, like, I can't tell you how many times I've auditioned for that Jason Priestley show, Sean in Toronto. Private Eyes. Private Eyes. Doesn't the company that we work for <laughs> on the radio station run that show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can't get in. <laughs> can't. <laughs> I don't think they know I'm auditioning for yeah. parts, but maybe one day I'll land a part on that one. Yeah. Well, Sex in the City, I, we don't have like a launch date for that one, but we do know that it's going to start shooting in the spring of this year. So I would imagine by like end of the year or maybe uh, like a year this spring. Well, thanks for checking out this podcast. As always, we appreciate it. Shadows dance. Don't forget to subscribe And uh, you know Someone asked us the other day They said Hey you're removing old episodes But it must have just been the app They were using to listen to the podcast Because it's kind of Wherever podcasts are found Yeah But I I went and checked Like the Apple podcast app Mm -hmm. All our entire archive of podcasts is there Okay good In case you're you know Bored and you want to go deeper You're digging deep I like it Yeah Talk to you later
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.